You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode Coming to you today with my guest, Mr. Pish Patel, uh, to talk about, I mean, just some fascinating things. I've done a house tour of your house. Uh, for, for everyone listening, go to at Red Steel House on Instagram. It's well, it's going to blow your mind. It's fantastic. And I'll <laughs> link the video that we did on the house uh, in the description. That's how we met. But Pish, thanks so much for coming down today. Excited to dive into your full story uh, and talk about kind of animation, how you grew up, going to OSU, and just all the interesting things that you've done, the, the wine passion that you have as well. Um, but I guess before we, we get into all of that stuff, uh, how's, I mean, current life at the moment, what have you been up to? How was, how was this summer? The summer has been just super busy and packed full of excitement. So I decided to go back to school and, uh, you know, why work on one degree when I can work on two degrees and why stay on one coast when I can be on both coasts? So, uh, I'm at Pepperdine doing a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And then in Miami, I'm doing a, working on a PhD in human sexuality. And really the goal is for me to open a practice where, you know, I get asked a lot to be a quote business coach. And unfortunately, anybody can hang up a shingle and say, I'm a coach. And I thought, you know, to differentiate myself, I think I'm going to go get fully licensed and do a dissertation in this space and kind of cut my chops, right? Yeah. And so my goal is to open a practice where I only work with entrepreneurs and founders Uh and their family members because we're just different. We're, We're wired differently. That's uh, that's a lot of things. <laughs> oh, that's not what I expected you to say, but I, I mean that's why we do this podcast because because you get to tell stories. Um, Absolutely, and, just, you know. And before we get into all this, I got to tell you, I yeah. just thank you for the video that you made. I appreciate that. of my house. So that was awesome. You know, you live in it, and and it's a process, and it's a draining process, and you just get so jaded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, this is this is not right, or this is still not fixed, or blah blah blah, right? Yeah. And then I watched the video and honestly, it felt like I was in somebody else's home and you like sparked this new love of waking up in my house. And so thank you. I appreciate you just taking the time to do that. I'm glad you feel that way because yeah, there is, I mean, there's so many things in the house that we didn't touch on. Um, but I hopefully, like I said, we highlighted the, the, the certain things and, and please for everyone listening, go to that video and just kind of skip through it if you don't have the full time to watch it all. Because, you know, just uh, for me, like you having curved doors, like the process of making like legit curved doors, yeah. and, like that is something that like we could have a podcast just talking about <laughs> that entire process, right? You know, in the movie theater you have and, and the gaming situation, the gaming setup you have with your son that, you know, if people are listening are gamers, you know, and you're playing with another person that's in the same room, you don't, you know, it, it's advantageous to see what the other person is doing. So the way you have it set up, you know, you kind of, you sit next to each other, but you have the TVs on like, a, for people listening, I'll explain it as like a right angled wall, you know, one's on one side and then there's the, anyway. And, and also I think the way that you um, kind of created the, the servers in your house uh, are in a glass 
case, I guess, right? Like a glass wall to them, and you can it, it's created a bit of artwork out of just you know what people would just think is a, a giant tower of servers, right? But yeah. you've created art, and it, it looks fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, we had so much fun doing the house <laughs> video, and, and Canon and I talk about it all the time. And I know, um, is it is it Cavendish Kelly? Is that right? His name? Who did the pool? Uh, yeah, Kelly Cavendish. Cavendish did the pool, did the pool yeah. and, and Tom and Crone it, built the house amazing um, but yeah for people listening please go to that video because it's fantastic and then at Red Steel House on Instagram to see some highlights but going back then because obviously you're very busy and someone that doesn't stop uh, wanting to improve wanting to get better wanting to give back where does that work ethic and, and just kind of life kind of style come from I gotta say it's my parents mm-hmm. you know um, they are they're the first to give you their shirt off their back they're the first to you know feed you if you're hungry and uh, you know I grew up in El Reno they had a little motel in El Reno and I distinctively remember two holiday memories as a kid growing up right so Thanksgiving you know my I, I was born in London and my parents grew up in London so they didn't really understand Thanksgiving and they had convinced my brother and I that Thanksgiving is the day you go volunteer so yeah. we would drive up here to the Jesus house and we would serve food. And it, it really worked out because, you know, people were having families, so they couldn't go volunteer. Right. And we'd show up and volunteer and hand out food. And um, during Christmas, I, I would always remember Christmas Day. My parents would never charge anybody to stay in the motel. And I would always ask, like, why, why don't we like, why is today the day we don't charge? And my dad would always say, you know, if, if there is somebody on the road having to stay in a motel on Christmas Day, they have life happening. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just take care of them for the t- for today. Yeah. So I think giving back to our community it it strengthens the whole community. Yeah. I mean that's that's great to have that and such a role model as your parents and also have have parents who are entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah. Because that that leads on. You know, it's great when we look back now, right? And you're like, oh, well, that that makes t- so much sense. My parents are business owners. You know, I went on to be a business owner. Growing up, then obviously you're you're around business owners and entrepreneurs, and, and giving back is is kind of important to you and your family. Where does kind of the love, you know, what, what's high school like? What are you in, interested in high school? Are you into sports? Are you into you know what, what kind of time is that? And, and come on, what are you Mike, into? I'm a nerd, right? You know how they spell nerd, right? I just learned this last night. B O S S. Is that right? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, though my parents were entrepreneurs, they didn't want me to be an entrepreneur. I mean, they were like, look, we moved to America to give you an opportunity of education that we didn't have. So you get three choices you yeah. can go be a doctor, an engineer, or a disgrace. Like, it's your choice. Pick one of the three, right? And I went down the path of engineering. I thought this yeah. is what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And um, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I was just not wired that way. Yeah. Not to be stereotypical, but there's a lot of people listening now who, who are, you know, can totally understand what you're talking. Because I've had people on the podcast who've said the same thing. And, you know, it's such a cultural thing, right, of education. And, and you know, for me, it was different because I, I came here to play college golf and I came here to a, I didn't have family behind me saying you need to go this place or we didn't move for you to have an education. Right. But there's so many stories like that in America. And I, that's one of the reasons I'll tell people I love this place because it is the land of opportunity. Absolutely. And the American dream is true um, and I've said this I mean probably a hundred times on this podcast because it, it you know I've had examples like you on the podcast who have proved that that have come to this country and their parents have taken that risk and you know you you thank them endlessly for it because you would be back home right? right 
doing whatever it was that you would be doing back home Absolutely. and you'd never have the life probably that you would have had here given you know the opportunities of the education so that's fantastic yeah. uh, but it is funny though well, like you said you know engineer doctor or disgrace <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so when you so you get into engineering and then you choose Oklahoma State and I did. you go to Oklahoma State when do you find that you don't enjoy engineering and you want to go do something else are you in school unfortunately my junior year <laughs> yeah se- nice. second semester of my junior year yeah. so you know I, I walked back from class and I was an RA yeah and on the campus channel, the OSU campus channel, was the movie Gandhi. And I thought, man, I should probably watch this, right? I've never seen it. I should probably watch it. Yeah. And I watched it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I am from a nonviolent people, right? How, yeah. I can't go build missiles. <laughs> and that's really what my classmates were. They were going to Boeing to build missiles. Okay. And I thought, I can't do that. Yeah. And so walking back to my next class, I passed the College of Education, and I walked in, and I said, hi, I, I, what can I do here? Can I transfer any of my classes? And they're like, Sit on down. What would you like to do? Uh, and so I ended up graduating with a middle school math and science uh, endorsement yeah. to go teach uh, elementary ed or middle school. Which, going back to your parents, must have been really hard to do because they've seen, you know, which a teacher yeah. is a very respectable job. However, in Oklahoma, a teacher is really hard to, you know, justify it yes. because sadly they don't get paid what they should. How was that conversation oh, with mom and dad? Yeah. So. You know, I didn't realize the sacrifices they were making to send me to college, right? Sure. So they had saved every nickel. Yeah. And, you know, these are just humble folks, right? They came with nothing, mm-hmm. and everything they built, they built by working seven days a week. Yeah. So uh, when I told them, my dad goes, wow, you're, you are so smart. You are just so smart. I think you're smart enough to pay for it. And I was like, you darn right I am. And, uh, yeah, me. that lasted less than a semester. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking over and there's a sign that says $10,000 signing bonus. And I looked over and I thought, I could use $10,000. And uh, walked in, the guy said, young man, you just joined the army and we'll pay for your college. And I said, okay. Yeah, tell me what to do. What do I got to do to get the $10,000 signing bonus? And it's so, here's the irony, Mike, is I go take my ASFAB and my physical. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at my scores and he goes, are, are you sure you want to do this? Which should have been indication number two. First <laughs> indication was right away, sign right here. Yeah. With no questions asked. Right. Second indication, are you sure you want to do this? From the guy who wants to recruit me. Yeah. He's like, you should, you, you could get into medical or you could get into communications. And my first thought was, has my mom called you guys, right? <laughs> but, you know, I, I went down there. Yeah. Took the oath, signed up. And then I told my parents, by the way, I joined the army mm. because I'm going to figure out how to pay for my own school. And so, you know, uh, a lot of people misinterpret that phrase, the American dream, Mm -hmm. because it is not luck. True. It is the opportunity to work your butt off, Mm -hmm. right? And you will be rewarded for the work you put in, but there is zero luck. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because there's enough people who have come here and haven't done anything and just kind of waited and sat around and they work, you know, in a place they're not happy with, right? But it is the the opportunity. And someone asked me the other day, why, you know, why haven't you moved back home? I said, because I don't have the opportunity that I do here. It's that exact word. And I love that you said it like that because people listening, you know, that's that's so true. Uh, So how many years do you do in? in, So you did ROTC then while you're in school, or you just you did full on army, come back, yeah, finish school. Uh, and then I started teaching at the sixth grade. Yeah. And I realized my parents were so right. 
Like, how do you live on $26,000 a year at the time, right? Right. I could not raise a family. Uh, so I worked at nights at a TV uh, station. And they had this room where all these guys would go in and nobody would ever walk out. And I was like, what's in there? Like, That's the 3D department. I'm like, I want to go in the 3D department. Yeah. Like, you can't go in there. Well, just tell me I can't do it. And now I'm going to be obsessed about doing it. Yeah. And I, and I moaned and griped and moaned and griped. And they finally said, Sunday afternoons, you can go in there when nobody else is there. Mm-hmm. And I ran in and I grabbed the first book off the shelf and it said, select the vertices and create a cluster. And I thought, what the hell are either of those, right? And in that moment, I realized if I can figure this out, I bet there's a huge market for other people who right. want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was a very apprentice-driven. So you had to move to L.A., get coffee for six months, empty the trash, and maybe they'll let you sit at a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just I poured myself into it. Yeah. Days and nights, weekends. What radio station is this? Uh, the TV station was at OSU. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, then you, you kind of marry your love of education and like newfound hobby of 3D and animation that, that leads into the animation side of things. What yeah. is this early 90s, mid 90s? Uh, what mid, mid to late 90s. Okay, so so internet's really kind of like, wow, this is the new frontier of, of the world. Absolutely. And you see that opportunity and think, wow, this is, you know, now, now mum and dad are probably thinking, he's smart, he's putting his like, you know, his education and, and his work ethic to use now. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, you know, the, the, he's not, sorry to the kids you were teaching, but... No doubt you'd have been a fantastic sixth grade teacher. (laughs) I loved it. And I tracked these kids that I worked with, and they were just good kids, right? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the parents won't really let the teachers teach. Yeah. So one day I did a unit on astronomy, and I would start with, you know, hey, tell me me what you know about it. Mm -hmm. And the little kid raised his hand. Yep. Oh, that's like Cancer and Libra and Gemini. And I go, oh, no, no, no. That's astrology. We're going to talk about astronomy, and I may have spent 30 seconds just clarifying this is not this, and this is what we're going to talk about. And the next day, I got a letter that said, how dare you teach my child about the occult? And I came home, and I told my wife, I was like, I literally want to go change the world. Yeah. But I can't. I can't do it from a classroom, Yeah, which is sad. I quit that. At at the end of the summer, I quit and uh, started teaching at the college level at Northern Oklahoma College. There, I built like a state-of-the-art, world-renowned animation facility mm-hmm. that drew people from all over the world. And so this was this is a three thousand dollar degree, and you can walk right out and get a sixty thousand dollar a year job at the time. Yeah. And so yeah, I've got kids all over the world. I call them kids. You know, they're a little bit younger than me, so I call them kids. But I've got them all over the world uh, working, making movies, making video games. Where where does that kind of the thing you just go back a little bit? You just said you you know when you left the school you wanted to, you told your wife I want to change the world. Yep. Why? Where does that come from? Because a lot of people would just be like ah, I want to buy a nice car, I want to get a job, I want to join a country club and live my happy life. I want to go change the world. Yeah. Yeah. I had some amazing teachers growing up, and I just felt I'm going to go give this back. You know. Yeah. And so. Uh, my students, unfortunately, it was a two and a half year program. And you know how fast technology changes. So if you started today with whatever software you were using, imagine what that's going to be like in two and a half years if you'd never changed the software. Yeah. Well, it's already, it's already, you're on a third version already, right? 
And so I went into the regents and I said, listen, folks, these kids are not ready for work. They can't find work because it's changing so fast. I think we need to teach all this in one semester. And they looked at me and they're like, how do you propose that? I said, I got a plan. I'm going to teach 42 credit hours in one semester. So the kids will come to school Monday through Saturday, yeah. 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., a half hour lunch, and no holidays. And they looked at me like, okay, uh, you know, we can't pay you for 42 credit hours. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, well, what would you pay me for? And they said, well, we pay you for 12. How about 18? And I was like, well, 18 is better than 12. I'll take it. Yeah. And now that, that program rocketed. I mean, it, we were producing amazing artists who were production ready. Mm -hmm. So they go to work and people are like, oh, my gosh, you're, these guys know how to work. Well, they've been in this program where they've worked a whole semester, six days a week. Yeah. So, so then for going in, going further down the timeline, then like edu, you love education. You start teaching these kids to be production ready, going into, you know, Pixar or all of these big companies that are starting, you know, either, you know, world renowned or starting up. So then you become the go-to place to teach kids. Yeah. And yeah, that's how you, you take, like I said, you marry the education with the love of, of technology. Yeah. And then you are the, you know, effectively the Google of, of teaching kids animation and 3D. Yeah, it was in person. So, you know, yeah. we were one of like five places in the world where you could come and actually have hands on and learn. Wow. And uh, everything was going great. And then my wife got pregnant. And I lived, I mean, I literally lived across the street from my lab. So the kids would come over at midnight, you know, ring the doorbell. Hey, my computer's not working. All right, let me go help you out. Yeah. And while my wife was pregnant, she said, uh, yeah, peace. These kids can't ring the doorbell. It's got to change. <laughs> and so every night I'd lock myself in my little spare bedroom and I would produce all of these videos for the students so they wouldn't have to come over Yeah. on how to reboot their servers, how to get the software back up and running, how to save their files, all this stuff. And one day this kid said, you should put this on the Internet. And I'm like, who the hell would want this stuff? Yeah. And so I took his advice. I said, OK, I'll, I'll put it out there. Built a little website. Halloween morning. I, I turn it on. No ads. This was way before Google or YouTube. And by 5 p.m., I had an email from a kid in Israel that said, hey, I'm a production artist. This is the most amazing content we've ever seen. But my Internet's terrible. Can I send you $30 and burn it on a disc? And that's how the business started. Light bulb moment yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you fast forward 14 years. I had... 42 full-time artists hired here in Oklahoma, uh -huh. 500 around the world. Um, we only turned over 12 people in 14 years. So a very sticky um, business where people loved coming to work. And I taught about a million and a half students every year. So I, in my little world, I got to change my world. Yeah. That, I mean, how does that guy even find you from, from Israel? Word of mouth. Just and so we leaned into this, we call it cult marketing, cult branding, yeah. where, you know, your recommendation is worth way more than any ad or billboard I could buy. So we just leaned into that, right? Hey, if you have a friend that you're working with, send this to them. Mm -hmm. And it did. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's in such a, such a niche market and that's it's right. in, you know, it's in a market that, like I said, if you've got a friend that's 
you know, and in education too, if there's, you know, because a lot of material when we read in school or we see, you know, a lot of it's terrible, isn't it? Because it's built for the masses, right? Mm-hmm. It's not built for, you know, like going back to the nerds who love this stuff. That's they right. want to be told exactly how to do things and, and they love their context. And then you just kind of, this is our company and you start, but the good thing is technology is always evolving. So you're never running out of you're content to running. create. That's right. And yeah. you know, my background, so I did my master's in adult education. Okay. And so I really married the two. So if you take a little kid and you are teaching them math, right? Mm-hmm. So you say, Hey, what's two plus two? They'll tell you it's two twos. This, it's a very abstract concept to go, oh, wait a minute, it makes a four? Well, teaching adults computer graphics mm-hmm. that has its own language, its own processes, it's, it's the same thing. Okay. So we would distill it down. I call it Fisher pricing it, right? So let's make it Fisher price. Nobody should need a manual to use our stuff. Right. And the best compliments I get are, when are you going to make something that's harder? And I'm like... I just taught you fluid dynamics, <laughs> right? Like I taught yeah. you how to simulate oceans. That's pretty cool. And you think, and cause it took our team months yeah. to figure it out, working with the developers, really distilling down the concepts and then being able to deliver that to you. Mm-hmm. And within minutes you're like, Oh, I didn't, I already know this. Why can't, why this is not that hard. I'm like this. We're doing our job, right? That's a yeah. compliment. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly that. Because, like you said, you, you know, being in education, you can't just teach it the way that you know it. You have to teach it the way that you know, to on a blanket level. That that's that's the hard. That's why I don't. People ask me to help them teach, you know, teach them to play golf, and I refuse because <laughs> you don't want to play golf like I play golf. Like you, that's just not a good place to start. Go to YouTube and find someone that teaches you the basics because yeah. they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, you get that compliment, and and that is then. Then you you see this. This is my business. I'm in this business to change the world via computer graphics. When do you start doing computer graphics? For like, do you you know education is great, but but you've got to kind of like scratch your own itch as well. Do you start going out and doing for other companies? Are people coming to you saying, "Hey, can you can you do it for us as well as teach us?" How does that work? That's right. So we had to make a really really important decision, mm-hmm. a fork in the road, which is, do we do the work, or do we train your artists how to do the work? Mm-hmm. And we can't do both because if we do both, now we're competing against you, our potential customer. Yeah. Right. And so we just decided, look, being in Oklahoma, the next Spider-Man isn't being shot or post-produced or graphic here in Oklahoma mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, this so is like how early, do we, early mid 2000s? Early 2000s. Yeah. 2000s. Yeah. So it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do is send a group of people or send videos to you and update your team. You know, these folks are charging 150, 200 bucks an hour. And so, you know, we just give them a math problem. If on any given day, your artist is spending a few hours a day looking up YouTube videos or trying to figure something out, or you can just pay us 50 bucks and we'll give you the answer. Yeah. No brainer. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is nice, a nice position to be in, isn't it? Because, you know, like you said, you don't, you don't have to worry about the kind of. I guess trends and stuff like this stuff's always going to be it's always going to be needed regardless if it's in a movie if it's in a like it's always going to be needed and it's a skill that you know these kids are probably going to go on that you know the kid say kids that people you're teaching are going to go into these companies and you know you have relationships with people around the world now who have worked on movies that everybody knows about yeah. you know which is that that is your change of the world right it like is. that's that's really cool to have and and it's fascinating it would have been really interesting had you made that decision now right, right? with 
the movie studios here and all the things that are happening and the movies that have been filmed in Oklahoma and Tulsa King and all that stuff it would have been really interesting kind of see where life would have gone had it been 20 years later right. um, but, but you know, I think we had an influence in that oh for sure I think we people were talking about it just hey there's some rando company in downtown Oklahoma City yeah. where all these people come in and get trained it's kind of weird well you know what they're doing and you say that and hear it enough and people start to go, hey, I think there could be a studio here in town. I think we could set up a stage in town, right? Yeah. Yeah. So from that moment then, you start, you just double down. This is our business. You, you know, you're educating and you're just kind of growing that platform. That's right. Started with $54. Yeah. All in. God, so I'm a broke good. teacher, man. I'm just <laughs> all in. Everything I got, let's go. Yeah. And we didn't take a penny out for years. I mean, it was just, we're, we're going to work. Yeah. So I would teach till 6 p.m., come home, make dinner, my wife and son, who's a little baby, and then I would, they would go to bed, and I'd, about 9.30 at night till about 2 in the morning, I would work, yeah. building this, and get a few hours of sleep, and I'm back up at 6 to go to work. Yeah. And I did that for almost a year. I bet you were so happy when we kind of moved away from CDs and discs oh my and you could just send them a link. <laughs> so like, it was a PDF. A, that was a huge, I mean, that was uh, one of the scariest days because yeah. I fired all of my customers. I, I just walked in and said, hey, everybody, we, we got to go streaming. We, we cannot be sending a 26 pound box yeah. of DVDs all over this country mm. or world, right? Yeah. And this is three years before Netflix went streaming. So people were like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. No, no, send me the disc. I'm like, no, no, you don't want that. Yeah. Just pay one fee and you get everything you want. Nope. And then we had to really educate our customers. We had to really, it took a while. Yeah. But it took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah to be that first person, right? Because like I said, everyone wants that physical, like I want to pay for it, I want to hold it. That's right. Um, what if that disc gets scratched or gets lost in the mail and just yeah. here it is, it's streaming. And once they understand it, like you said, they get it and it takes off. And then also your costs go down because you're not buying discs and shipping anything, right. which, you know, you can reinvest that money. And that's the best part about it. Uh, the beauty of technology was evolving and it's now still going and, and evolving. But, you know, I'm early enough to remember floppy disks. You know, like, <laughs> and like, we are in my house, we had an old gateway computer and like, like a cow pattern oh, yeah. on the side of it and it made the most just I mean, you know it sounded like an air conditioner right? it kicked, yep. uh, kicked on uh, the sound of the internet which kids um, I mean, yeah people don't even know what the sound of the internet is now <laughs> do they they think it's something totally different um, but we'll go back where do you meet your wife let's go back a little bit because obviously oh, you have your son and, and your son's at OSU and, and doing great things there but, but how do you meet your wife so my wife and I were 8th grade pen pals okay Right. So yeah. uh, back in the 80s, it was all about OU Nebraska football. Yeah. And that's what everybody talked about. And my wife's from a little town in, in Nebraska and they loved Nebraska football and they loved OU watching yeah. OU football. And so um, her class assignment was to pick a school and write to it. And all these kids in her class wrote to different schools. Yeah. She picked the literally the O encyclopedia, put her finger on Norman. Right next to it was El Reno. So she's like El Reno Middle School. Yeah. To think of the the stars that aligned, right? So I do call this a little bit of luck. Oh. There were three sections of English. Yeah. And my section got the assignment to write her a letter. And so I wrote her a letter. And then she wrote me back. And I wrote her back. And then the next thing you know, I realized, oh my gosh, I, 
I, I'm a freshman in college and I don't even know who this girl looks like. Right. And I remember chatting with her on the phone and I said, I, I'd like to come and see you. And she's like, okay. And I hung up the phone and I looked at my roommate and I said, hey man, I'm going to marry this girl. And he goes, you're so weird. There's no way you're probably getting catfished. And I was like, no way. I just, I've, I've written to this girl for f- almost five years. I know this person inside and out. Yeah. I'm going to marry her. And he was the best man in my wedding. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so well, what's that? I mean, when you go there, well, you drive to Nebraska and I go to see it. I flew up there. Flew up there, yeah. Yeah. Funny story. So I did not have a suitcase. So I borrowed one from a guy on the floor. Mm-hmm. Just a little brown suitcase. Checked it in. And uh, I get up there, and there she is. And I'm like, ah, you know, total stranger, right? But when she talks, I know who she is. Yeah. And, oh, there's a brown suitcase. Grabbed it. Mind you, her hometown is two hours away from the airport. So I drive back to her hometown. And, she, and again, we're just total strangers trying to like this first date thing, right? Yeah. And she's like, you know, do you mind if I hang out with you while you unpack? I'm like, sure. And I thought, I don't remember locking my suitcase. And I pop it open, and it's just bras and panties. And I was like, uh, and she's looking at me, and I was like, this is not my suitcase. Right? Surprise. <laughs> I said, it's not my suitcase. Call the airport, and they're like, uh, yeah, Mr. Patel, I think you got the wrong bag. I said, yep. So she drove me back the next day to pick it back up, yeah. drove me back. And by the time uh, she dropped me off, I was like, we're definitely getting married. Yeah, spending two hours and four hours in a car with somebody, you know, especially in that context, you, you mean obviously after five years of, of writing to each other, that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of good time for sure. Yeah. And and you could you get past all the awkward stuff right away because you kind of have to. You're stuck. <laughs> You're stuck there. <laughs> I can't <you>. leave. <laughs> that's so good. Did she share your love for education? So she is. Um, she worked in um, kind of family therapy mm-hmm. in terms of with the DHS and okay. the kids. Um, yeah, she's just got a kind heart. So that matches up to what you're doing now then. Yeah. That's awesome. One of the things that I love in your house is, is the artwork that you guys had when you got married and all the books that are <laughs> together and tell, kind of tells your story. Um, that, that's a fantastic piece. But back to what you said earlier, um, you know, you said that you would come home and you would cook. I also know that you are the cook at home and you love cooking and your wife does not want to be anywhere near the kitchen. No, my mom, you know, growing up, my mom would say, you know, now, Peach, don't you marry a, a white person because you're going to go hungry. You're going to go hungry. And I don't know what happened in her head, but she's like, I'm not going to control this kid. So I need to teach him how to cook. Yeah. And I remember my mom actively saying, hey, help, come and help me. I'm going to teach you how to do this. Yeah. And uh, my wife, bless her heart, can't cook. Yeah, I, I, I can't. My wife can cook, but she doesn't like to cook. So, which means that she goes and buys prep meals, and I eat chicken and rice, and that's it. You know, like because it's the one thing I know what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, I, I just kind of love that little story of, if you know the. You know, when we toured the house and then the kitchen's fantastic and, and you have like, you know, your, your Peach's cookbooks there lined up and everything and the, and the, the pizza oven as well. Um, yeah, you can tell you really wanted to invest in that kitchen and because you, you spend a lot of time in that kitchen. It's kind of like your therapy sometimes. It really right? is because so. you can't you can't be wandering your mind. Yeah, right? you got a sharp knife. You can't be wandering your mind. When you're cooking a pizza and it takes two minutes, you can't be like, what do I got to get done tomorrow? But pizza's burnt, right? And so for me, I I had an opportunity after I sold the company to go to Culinary Institute of America Mm -hmm. out in St. Helena. And it really just ignited this. I I love 
serving people and helping people and feeding people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do Thanksgiving dinner at my house. I cook for 22 all by myself. I do the whole meal by myself. And it's just like a little baby restaurant in our house. I'm like, yeah. everybody get out of the kitchen. I'm going to go to work. And it's my two and a half days of just zen. It's my therapy, like yeah. you said, yeah. So before we get onto that and closing out kind of like, you know, because you just said you sold the company. So closing that out, why do we, tell me about getting to a point where you do sell the company and then we'll dive into all the other amazing stuff that you do. But let's cap that off a little bit. Obviously the company grows, you're selling, you're doing education. Are you personally... Yeah, because I've seen some of the posters in your house and the, the projects. Are these are the projects that your kids have worked on, or are they ones that you went to work on as well? Both. Okay. Yeah. Because like, our, yeah, we worked on some fun projects. Toy Story was one of them, right? Um, was Toy Story one of later them? later versions of the episodes? Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. So when do you, does someone just think you're getting so big, we're going to make you an offer and bring, bring it in house? Like how does that transition happen? So it was actually uh, more of a synergetic. Okay. So there was a company coming up really fast called Pluralsight. And they train people who run servers, they're developers, mm -hmm. they're system admin people. So more of the hardware, uh, harder skills, right? Yeah. The, and we're the art side, but we have to use computers. Yeah. So they were like, look, we want the creative component to go along with all of this other area that we've dominated. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna take us you know, 20 years to catch up on this library or we absorb you. Yeah. And they made a very compelling offer. So um, it just made sense, you know? Yeah. I think it, the timing was just right. At, at this time, is you know, clearly you're someone that doesn't stop because you're, you're pursuing two degrees at once. Uh, you know, and, and we talk about all the other stuff you get into and your love for cooking, and you mentioned going to cooking school as well. You obviously love learning yourself and, and never stop. When this time comes around, do you already have ideas of kind of, okay, like I know because... This is this part of my life's done. I'm going to sell this. What else am I going to do? Was there an uncertainty of what I'm going to do? Or Big was it time. like, yeah? Big time. Yeah. I mean, I get a phone call and like six weeks later, the company sold. And you have an outrageous amount of money in your bank account, but you have nothing to do. Nothing to do. And yeah. I, it was never made to sell. Yeah. I, this was what I was going to do forever. I'd love this work. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard for most people to understand. But when you wake up and you have no purpose... Every shiny object is interesting, right? Yeah. Hence why we bought a winery in Napa. It's like, oh, this is analog, and I can't get sued for being in that space. Because, you know, literally, if I got back into computers for a window of time, they could sue me. And yeah. rightfully so. They don't want to compete with me again. Yeah. You know? That's, uh, do you miss it? Um, I do. Yeah. You know, more than the creative side, I love making stuff. Yeah. I just miss my people, right? Like, when you have uh, high, highly educated mm -hmm. young tech workers who don't quit, right? They stick with you for years and years and years, right? Yeah. Um, my first employee, her name is Tanya, um, an amazing soul, lives in Chicago. And I, and I experienced probably one of my um, greatest achievements, right? I feel like I've achieved a, a bunch. Yeah. My greatest achievement I was, would say more than most. <laughs> more, than, more than the average. Yeah. <laughs> I get a card from her saying, you know, I'm getting married in a couple months, and would you walk me down the aisle? Wow. Dude, I'm, we're not family. That's so But we are family, right? And so that, that to me is like, you know, everything given and how it all turned out, uh, I stayed true to who I was, and I took care of people, and... Um, 
yeah, how many, how many employers get that call? Yeah. Will you walk me down the aisle? How powerful is that? It is. Especially because you, you have a son, you don't have a daughter, right? That's right. So like, yeah, I never the odds are you never going to happen. It's never going to happen, right? Uh, Wow. That, yeah, that's that's really neat to have that experience, especially for someone who lives in San Francisco or out of town. Like, they're not Oklahoma-based either, right. but you've had such an impact on this person, yeah. you know, and you've been that figure for them, regardless if, you've, you know, they're an employee. That's right. You know, like, that's, that's, I mean, that's even special for, you know, a godfather or whoever it is. Like Absolutely. That's, but to have it as a, as a boss, like... Yeah. That's, that speaks volumes for obviously the employer, you know, and you mentioned earlier, you know, not many people left you guys when you were there. Yeah. So, so you do sell then, you get this kind of, you know, you, now, now what do I do? Right. Like, and you, you know, you said you buy the winery because was that the first thing you jumped into? It is. And yeah. you had a passion for wine before this? Uh, somewhat. Just tied into your love of food? Yeah. And pairing? Loosely, you know, yeah. like going out to Napa and being part of that culture and scene. Yeah. Um, but my, my contract pretty much said I can't be around computers. Okay. And I figured, wow, you know, wine is about as analog as it gets, you know? It's, yeah. That's just analog. And, and ultimately, I think being in Oklahoma, I understand farming, I understand agriculture, and really that's all it is, right? It's production yeah. and agriculture. So, but then you obviously, being you, you dive into, like, the tech side of wine and the information and the data and yeah I love all that stuff yeah so like you know the the good thing about agriculture now is it's becoming extremely technology driven which is great um tell me about the wine journey like because your wife's not a not a wine drinker she, right my wife does not drink it's yeah. so interesting so uh we we own the winery it's conclusion wines mm -hmm. in napa and uh the interesting thing that we do is uh everything that we sell in the state of oklahoma we donate that money Okay. So we don't even do the whole profit or what, just sure. whatever we sell. That's what we bundle up and donate to uh, Oklahoma nonprofit. So my wife and I are passionate about education, women, and children. Yeah. Our thoughts are take care of mom, take care of babies, and teach the little kids. Yeah. So if we do that, we might be one step ahead, right? And so every year we pick a nonprofit and we just give them all the proceeds. Wow. Yeah. I love the name too. Conclusion makes a lot of sense now, yeah, didn't it? Conclusion the, wines. The end of something, but the beginning of something else, right? Yeah. yeah Every yeah. one of our bottles, if you when you pop the cork, it has an, a random act of kindness. And it's really to start that next chapter. Okay. For so it may say, you know, today, right now, call a call a loved one. Yeah. Tell them you love them. Yeah. And it's like and and here's a funny thing. I have on one of them mine is buy a stranger a cup of coffee. Okay. And I have gotten my cork back to me. Like, how powerful is that? No way. I, I give them away all the time. Like, I'll, I'll hand it to somebody and say, let me buy your cup of coffee at Starbucks. And they're like, wow, that's cool. What do I do with this? I was like, give it to somebody. Just give it to somebody. And then one day I was at Starbucks, and, and I didn't know this person, but they were like, hey, let me buy you a cup of coffee, and handed me my cork back. Oh, and I was wow. like, "That's it's working, right? It's working. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's so neat. Just a reminder, and they like, okay, I'm doing the right thing here. Yeah. But it's so cool. The odds of it coming back to you. Right? I mean, of all the people. you probably know the odds, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Uh, you know, like that, oh, that's so cool. But I love that your wife doesn't like wine either. I love that that's, but it's, I'm sure it's something that you kind of enjoy, both of you. Somehow she enjoys it too, just by traveling and being yes. around it, right? Doesn't necessarily enjoy the, the tasting and all of that. But one of the things I love when we toured the house is, is kind of like the wine room in the cellar that we have in the house. And for people listening or watching, I'll, I'll post kind of pictures on, on, on the video of this. But 
you have a facial recognition scanner to get into your wine room, <laughs> which is pretty epic. <laughs> because obviously your wine collection now is pretty substantial. So I get that as well. Uh, but one thing I thought was interesting is, you know, you have a database now that if, for God forbid, something were ever to happen to you, That's right. your wife can sign into the database and knows exactly what bottles you've got, how many, what they're worth. And, and this this database does also track the market, right? That's right. Yeah. It, Which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, I designed it and used it and implemented it because if something was to happen to me, yeah. my wife doesn't really drink or, or know the story of these bottles. Yeah. Um, and they're some of them are highly collectible bottles. That way she can go in, print it, hand it to the auctioneer and say, this is approximately what this room is worth. Yeah. And, you know, the auctioneer will take 20% of it and cut her a check for the rest. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So onto this then, onto the house. The house is incredible. Um, and I know obviously from, from previously meeting you, it was kind of loosely based on you going to Jackson Hole, traveling, and right. why don't we have a house like this in Oklahoma? And it's called obviously the Red Steel House for a reason because red steel plays a huge part in the house. Were there certain things when you built the house that you thought like, okay, I definitely want this, 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 and this, and how are we going to put all this together? Like, cause it's quite a bit of a process when you built the house. It really right? is. Yeah. Which I'm sure was fun to do cause it gave you something and a sense of purpose to build this and have some fun. But at the same time, must've been a giant pain in the ass <laughs> at the same time. So tell me about the process of like, you know, Hey, we're going to build a house. It's going to be here cause our home is here. I want it to stand out and be special, you know, that whole vision and, and you know, everything. Because yeah. it is, I mean, just the movie room by Onyx is unbelievable. I yeah. showed someone a picture of it this morning. She's like, that <laughs> looks like a movie theater. I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah. It's just kind of in the basement of the house. <laughs> yeah, Onyx did it. We just, we, we were fortunate enough to work with real artisans, right? Not just builders or subs, but, you know, an artist has to, know their craft to be able to make a curved door, for example, right? An artist has to understand how geometry works to build this, like, super 3D, Dolby Atmos certified theater. Like, you just can't go out to Best Buy and be like, I want to have a, I want this, right? So you've really got to attract artists to come and help you build this vision. And ultimately, we love art. And I, I wanted uh, uh, the whole house to feel like art, yeah. but not like a museum. Right? We, we have young kids. My, my nieces and nephews are still young. So I want them to come and have fun and play and cook pizzas and enjoy the home. Right. Yeah. But not be pretentious. Right. You don't have to take your shoes off when you come to our house. You you get to live in your in our in our home. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we wanted a resort. And I I love vacationing. And when I. When I got the thing in Napa, it was all about, let's go to Napa all the time. Mm. Well, it's just a Tuesday when you're there for work. There's nothing special about that Tuesday. (laughs) But if you're going to be in Napa for four days, those four days are magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to wake up in this resort every day. Like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to wake up and feel like we're in a resort. Now, I wanted to embroider all the towels with our logo and do all that. My wife didn't have any part of it. She's like, no, I'm not waking up and... (laughs) what feels like we have to pay to be here. Um, but yeah, so uh, Bruce Bacchus designed the home mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Crone is an incredible builder. And I mean, it's it's built to withstand. Uh, Neely Design did a lot of that work mm-hmm. of just the design and helping us with selection. And my assistant, Danielle, she, you know, her background is in interior design. So she carried a lot of that weight as well. But ultimately, Mike, we made decisions in one day. Yeah. So... 
I need you to pick hard surfaces. Done. One day. Plumbing. One day. Fixtures. One day. Hardware. One day. We were making decisions quickly without going back and forth to the point where the things we selected by the time they ordered were discontinued or the catalog had changed. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, we, we figured it'd take you months to decide. I was like, no, we know exactly. Two change orders on the whole house. Wow. In five years. And it's 15, 16,000? Uh, 18. 18, yeah. Mm -hmm. 18,000 square feet. God, Two so change good. orders. That's yeah. it. One was adding a pool. Yeah. And one was... Uh, these hinges in the closet. We're like, there's got to be a better way. So let's research a better way. Yeah. And we found a better way. Pool wasn't originally on the first idea? No. We, no? We, we didn't want the kind of pool where it's like a cliff and sure. the rocks because it yeah, doesn't fit yeah. the house. Right. So finding uh, and going through the iteration process of... Do we want a pool? Do we not want a pool? I'm really glad we did. Yeah, I'm glad you did too because it, it, it fits, right? It, you kind of that backyard that you have. I don't know. I mean, it would have been. It's kind of now looking. I would have been lost without a pool, right? I agree. Mm -hmm. And and you know, it's you do have enough grassed area, and I know with the lighting is very special. It makes it look like you have a lot more. Then it looks like the trees are further apart than they are with some lighting trickery, but. And then the, the little pool house at the end, too. And obviously, you have an outside kitchen because you've got to have an outside kitchen. Outside yeah, if you're going to barbecue and grill. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the folks at Kalamazoo really helped us set up a, a really good functioning outside kitchen. Yeah. But you do now wake up thinking I'm in a resort every, every day. day. Yeah. Yeah. And the logo's great. You got your own, you're, uh, in the man side of the house, I mean, the man cave side of the house, you've got your own, you know, bar and, and the, the heads of the taps have the logo in it. And it's really cool to have for sure. Yeah. So. We tried to like, even like the hood surround for mm -hmm. the, above the stove, we try to make that a piece of art. Um, yeah. The morning porch, um, my, my friend Jay Ridley mm -hmm. produced this, you know, beautiful morning porch that's cut out of steel and. But it's got, you know, it's not just a steel cover. He's like, yeah, you know, my dad thought, what about when a bunch of leaves sit on there? That's going to be hundreds of pounds, and you're going to need to clean it and fix it. So they had added these special trap doors. I mean, there's, there's just so much in this house. I discover it every day. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't notice that, you know? Yeah. Talking of, of the movie theater, and what's the recent movie you've watched and li listened to in there? <sighs> well, my son and I rewatched the new Batman, okay. which is just an incredible Incredible movie. It yeah. sounds amazing. Um, did you ever, with your previous movie connections, do you ever get early releases? We did, Like, yeah. have you watched the new Top Gun yet in your movie theater? So I'm now I'm no longer part of that uh, circle and cycle, yeah. right? So. But, but you did used to get... Yeah. That's that kind of yeah. the, the annoying part. You have this cool new home movie theater, <laughs> right? And you can't get access to the movies as early as you used to. Oh, that's a funny little tidbit on the world. But, yeah, it, it, I love... I mean... Anytime, I, and if you ever invite me again, I would love to come out to the house because it's epic. Um, yeah. But one of the things I want to touch on um, is you've also written a book too. I have. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that just, hey, like something you when I always wanted to do? Have you written multiple? Like what is what? I have. This is my um, seventh book. Okay. So, uh, the previous six were textbooks all sure. within the computer space world. And uh, this current book that's out is called Lead Your Tribe, Love Your Work. Okay. And it's really a guide on how we built the culture that we built. And uh, now I'm on kind of a tour. I'm getting ready to go to Canada. I was in College Station a few weeks ago. I'm yeah. D.C. and New York and I'm doing a Southeast Asia tour in March. So, wow. Yeah. yeah and and I'll, your listeners, here's, a, here's an easy one, right? If you own a business, yeah. school's about to start, buy all the school supplies for the kids. 
That's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Right? No-brainer. Buy yeah. this cool... Because what's going to happen is your employer or employee, if they're ever thinking about leaving you to go to another place, they're going to go, well, I don't think that new boss is going to think about my family. So the, these little things are just... So the whole book is about how we built the culture, how you can build the culture, yeah. how you... You know, solidify your core values and communicate that. Yeah. So you jump in on the, you've, you've been on the kind of speaking circuit as well then. You really enjoy that? I do. Yeah. I do. I enjoy connecting. It gives me a chance to go back to teaching a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just look at it as if I can, if I can help one employer, because I only speak to employ, employers, yeah. if I can help one employer keep a key employee, right? That's 200 yeah. times their salary mm-hmm. is what I saved them. So that's easy. Yeah. And if I can make a handful of employees really love their work again, I did my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. And it's like I said, back to I want to change the world. It's just moving on to how do we do it now? You know, you've gone from from teaching the tech side to now we're going to go into, you know, family therapy and, and but specifically for CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, because like you said earlier, we are a little different. We're you know, like <laughs> you know, and it's kind of tough, right? Some people might marrying us and be like, "Well, why do we do that?" But the good thing is, you know, for the most part, we have awesome wives who take care of us and put up with our our nonsense. Uh, I do want to finish on um, a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Kind of centers around people and kind of just your your love of investing in people and people really are the ones who make the change it's just giving them an opportunity to make the change but also giving them all the tools that they need to do that and moving into what you're doing now when when are we open for business kind of when's the because i know you just moved into a new office like what when you when you it's your degree done like what's kind of like your next you know what three years look like three years is going to be just a lot of school so yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll take me two years to do my uh, phd okay. so i am halfway through my coursework okay and then i'll sit for my oral exams and then that'll give me an opportunity to be a phd candidate mm-hmm. and that's when i'll start my dissertation process so uh I figured, you know what? I'm going to invest in doing some original research. You know, I, I can pay for it. Like, yeah. Whatever the cost is, let's go do it. And let's make a new original piece of um, uh, information for other therapists to have yeah. access to. So once I get my PhD, I can start seeing people, but not as a therapist, more as okay. a coach. Yeah. And then my master's will take three years because I've got to do about 700 hours of supervised work because okay. it's through the state of California. And once I do that, I can file for my license, sit for the exam, and yeah. start seeing people. So as when you do, when you get to this stage and you start seeing people, are you still going to continue to travel and kind of do the speaker circuit as well and kind of build that other side of, of what you do? But use it as a voice to get out. That's right. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, will, I will more than likely, as I get closer to working on my dissertation, cut mm-hmm. back on the speaking and then start to formulate a new book. Yeah more around this topic yeah have you uh, um, no doubt over your kind of career and life you've been in some rooms that you just think what am I doing in this room which you know kind of I love that like not that you have a chip on your shoulder but I love that kind of like because I've been in rooms like that as well I'm like I have a little bit of imposter syndrome don't think I really like to be don't think I deserve to be in this room but I am here and I'm going to show these guys what I'm worth is there any moments looking back over like the you know past few years or past your career that were just kind of mo- you know moments in time that you think this was a this was a defining moment or this was a moment where I realized that I didn't have to be in a room like this to change the world or 
what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of people who live in Oklahoma that, you know, that they realize that they can do a lot of change in the world from right here, from in there, from their laptop, right? They don't have to go to California. You could have easily had to go to California and like you said, you know, bagged groceries or done coffee for six months or whatever it is. What what is it then that through the career that you've found those rooms you've been in? Is there any defining moments in those rooms that just kind of light bulb moments and gave you a sense of calmness or direction? Every day. Really? Every day. I struggle with gosh, I mean, if I open the kimono, I struggle with like, do I deserve the success? I still haven't earned my spot yet. And and really what that is is a reminder to stay humble. Yeah. And I am the same guy I was in El Reno. I am this. I have the same group of friends. Uh-huh. And I always tell my wife, "Don't need new friends." Right? The money doesn't define who we are. Right. We could, you know, we started with fifty-four dollars. Trust me, I can move back into a little bitty apartment and still have a great life. Yeah. The house is just a house, right? Uh-huh. The cars are just the cars. Uh, they get us around. They get us around in a fun way. Yeah. But I'm okay. Hopping into a little Honda and calling it a day too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I try to constantly remind myself that feeling that humbleness is what also makes me feel alive. Like, because the minute I feel I become like, yeah, look at me, it'll all go away. Yeah. Right? You get a you get a wake up call in the morning or something, or you get a diagnosis because your health's not right, or you, who now? Who, we never know, right? Yeah. Is, do you think that's a cultural thing or just something that you've like focused on over time? Because I know um, one of the things I love was was the is it's what's the is it Ganesh? Uh-huh. Uh, the, when you for people listening, when you walk into Pisha's house, you have a monster statue of Ganesh, and it's fantastic, and it's against this kind of wood wall, right? And it, it's just a really cool statement piece. And I love the explanation you gave to us when we did the video. Is that it's kind of a way to send people on their way, right? Is that kind of, yeah, I'm so butchering it's, this. It's, but a bless, it's really right. to bless them Travel. on their journey back home. Got you. Yeah. Is that kind of back to what you said about being humble? Is is it faith-based or is it just like cultural-based where you get that from and, and that constant reminder of we're just people. I'm just, you know, going about my business the way I would if I didn't have all of these other things that we have. It, it was actually a pillow in a hospital. Were, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, you yeah. know, they were like, oh, to get into college, you have to go do some community service. And I thought, yeah. okay, what am I going to do? And I, my Sunday afternoons, yeah. I would go to the hospital and volunteer with the candy stripers. And these were all older ladies who wore pink. So I had to wear a pink polo. And there was a pillow in our little break room. Yeah. And that pillow changed my life. I never would have thought that hanging with these older women on Sunday afternoons would have such an impact, but this pillow said, hands that help are holier than lips that pray. Mm-hmm. And I have lived by that mantra. And so though there is a cultural component and a spiritual component, it is also a, my hands that will help you will give you way more than any words I can say to you. Yeah. So powerful. Oh, it's awesome. Last thing I want to ask is tell me about your tattoos. Because I know you have a bit of a sleeve, right? I do, yeah. Where does that come from? Are you, would you just, because I don't. Cultural defiance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. My dad is tatted up. Yeah. I am not. I hate needles. But I always appreciate good artwork. And I saw it when you walked in this morning. So where does that, where does that come from? Uh, it is a defiance, right? It was a, a, a you know, my first tattoo was a military tattoo, and I just wanted to be proud of, I was the first in my family to join and, and serve, and um, I didn't want my parents to 
not feel that I made a sacrifice for my family. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of memorialize that. Uh, but after that, you know, I've got my mom tattooed on me, my son, my wife, um, my dog. Yeah. Uh, the, the British skyline, you know, just to connect back. Yeah. Some movie stuff. But yeah, Cassie Stover here in town did all the work. And okay. She's an amazing artist. When was the last time you had, you had something added to it? Oh boy, it's been a number of years. Probably. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the, the, really the last thing I added was uh, the day I fired all my customers. I actually had her tattoo that date on my, yeah. on my arm. And she's like, in my whole career, I have never dated, like, I've never tattooed today on somebody. And I was like, Cassie, I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. my whole world's going to change. My whole yeah. life, I believe it. My, my world is going to change. Yeah. And it did. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I can't thank you enough for your time. And you're extremely pleasure, busy, man. man. Uh, spent an hour telling some stories with us. Again, thanks so much for having us out to the house. We had the blast out there recording. Um, for people listening, I'll, I'll finish. The, I'll put the link to the description of that video and uh, Peach's website in the can't speak in the description of this podcast and one of the things i'm going to finish on because i kind of love circling back is the fact that when you were at osu you were in engineering people were going on to build missiles and work for boeing and like i the first thing i thought of was like tony stark right because that is the cool kind of iron man like the tech guy you're kind of like the tony stark of like now human sexuality family therapy and just like you've taken it in a totally different way and I just love the fact that we marry you know the passion for technology and teaching but also the passion that your parents instilled in you for giving back and I just I mean obviously they've done an incredible job of raising you because you. we're here today and there's a lot of people who would have been given your situation had sold a company that go on to drive a Lamborghini and like do terrible things and hate life or whatever it is right there's all these cliches out there sure. and you know it's just great to sit with you and hear your story and, and generally get the sense that of all the things that you've said to me today like you know I, I truly believe that if you were to go to a, to a one bedroom house tomorrow you know you'd be still the, the person you are yep. and I love that uh, and I'm sure people listening get that sense as well so thank you so much for coming down I really appreciate it yeah. uh, and for people listening we'll catch you next episode cheers this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.